Hello and welcome back to Divine Life Dialogues. This is Reverend Dr. Autumn Renee Allen with... Reverend Michael Scott Allen, MD. And we want to welcome you back to our series. We didn't know it was going to be a series, but it's become a series on peace. And this is Peace Podcast number three. (laughs) And... What we want to do in this podcast is to give you a much deeper understanding and recognition, opportunity to recognize uh, these four obstacles to peace. Because if you are able to make the choice for peace instead of the opposite, which these four obstacles represent, That tells you how far along the road to oneness and to your God self and to eternal life that you are. And so, Dr. Allen, you want to begin with the first obstacle. Okay, the first obstacle is the desire to eliminate peace. And these four obstacles are all contained within the moving from the death march to the march to eternal life. And that's what Alliance of Divine Life is about, is changing your direction so we're heading towards eternal life. And so peace is part of that process. So you can hear the voice of God when you have the peace beyond all understanding. And you're moving into the connection with eternal life as opposed to the death march. So how do we do this, eliminating the desire to get rid of peace? Well, you could think of it as conflict versus peace, and our ego likes conflict. And we ah. have to, so we have to get used to quieting our mind and get into that, you know, be still and know that I'm God so you can hear the voice of God. And that, that's the first step to um, going and doing everything in our God direction. Of course, the ego doesn't want to do that, so you have to tame your ego and... Taming the ego. Okay, folks, you've got no you've ego. got the process there, right there. So it's really about perhaps for us uh, learning to recognize when we're operating from ego and when we're operating from God self. I mean, what I would call Christ self, God self, Holy Spirit, God. So. Let's think about that. How strong a hold does the ego have on us? It can be very strong. <laughs> In my case, it's been incredibly strong. It's still going on to this day, but I'm making progress all the time. Well, when we look at human development, it's... it's um, there's this... In, in educational theory, there is this... Uh, Technique, I guess, or or a concept of of um, um, expanding expanding awarenesses, and uh, I don't remember the actual phrase that they use, but it's like the the picture of this is that we are in the center of a series of concentric circles, and so if you think about when you're a child. Your awareness was simply uh, 
confined to mom and dad, perhaps. Then it expands to mom, dad, grandparents, siblings, you know, are in there somewhere. But we're talking the family, so it expands to the family. I mean, literally, the infant's awareness is pretty much confined to mom and dad. Okay? So then as the child develops and goes to school... His awareness of what the world is about expands to school, teacher, friends, start making friends, and so on and so forth. So you can see that through your lifetime, these expansions of your world have continued to take place. But you'll notice that they're all expansions relative to the external for the most part. Because you're building a body, okay? You're becoming aware of relationships. Uh, you're becoming aware of, for the first time in your life when you go to school, that you have some things to do, okay? Some things to learn, and so on and so forth. So, all of that are the steps of making an ego. And so let's talk about ego just for a minute. A Course in Miracles calls the ego self, the little self. And it's simply a belief. It's a concept. It's a concept that we give that thinking part of us. Unfortunately, though, through our development, we come to believe that that's who we are because it's being made at the same time that our body is developing. So there's that, like this symbiotic relationship between the body and the ego. So let's get back to that first obstacle. The desire to get rid of peace. Why is that so? Why does that happen? What's, what's going on with the ego and the body that makes us not want to be in peace? Well, part of it, supposedly the ego is here to help us survive. And the ego likes to, it's used to being, in my case, it's used to being in charge and you're making decisions about how to survive, how to best survive, you know, for money and food and Children and that and that's key right there. That's key. You need to recognize the fact that you believe you have to have the ego making decisions in order to survive. Okay. Right. And it's on a, written all over money here in the United States and God we trust. And so the alternatives to start trusting something that actually knows what's going on. The ego pretty much doesn't know what's going on. It just is fearful. It can be fearful of everything and try to plan everything out logically and to no avail. You know, it's just constant conflict and disappointment oftentimes. Now, it, but this is also can be, it also can be a time as you're developing your body that you also become aware that there's something invisible going on. You know, it's said in the Bible, this, this idea that, that everybody, everybody, every soul that comes into this dimension has a guardian angel. And I believe that's true. Because from a very young age, 
I can remember somebody talking to me. And before I was about 14 or 15, I just took it for granted that everybody, you know, just everybody (laughs) had a voice talking to them. Okay? But some people, like my sisters, I don't know that they were listening to the voice that was talking to them. Okay? They were more focused externally. I'm pretty much an introvert, and um, maybe that's why, that I had a closer connection with that voice that was talking to me. And because I recognized it, I acknowledged it, I'm, I'm not sure. What about in your situation? You know, because there comes a time during this time where this whole concept of God shows up. It either shows up because your parents take you to church, read you Bible stories, your friends go to Sunday school and talk about Sunday school to you. So, so you know, this concept that there's something greater than this external picture does show up in our lives. When did it show up for you? Oh, it's it's been a long story. Uh, I remember when I was little, I used to see circles of light shining going around on, on my window. How little were you? I was probably three. It's one of my first memories. Wow. And I was told, I mean, I hate, I hate to say, I mean, I was told later on by a psychic that that was little fairies. I was just seeing little fairies playing on the windows. They were little circular lights going around and around. And then I could see this clear zone around my fingers you know, like a clear zone, and I would show my mom, my, my mom was about three or four, I would show her, I said, do you see that clear zone around my fingers? What is that? And it's like, like she, I don't remember what she did. She didn't shame me or anything, but she didn't really, it's like, I can't remember anything she said, but there was really no response. And so I finally just quit talking about it, but I realized I was seeing my aura. But, and, and you know, and you, I, you hear that little kids, you hear stories about parents, you know, the, the little kids that's three years old is talking to, no, the, the kid that's five years old is talking to three-year-old saying, I forgot what heaven's like. What's heaven like? Like, uh-huh. like you, kids are born with this innocence and knowing, you know, and then they, they lose it. Strong connection. Yeah. Strong and connection. then they lose it because we adults have decided that you need to pay attention to your schoolwork. You need to pay attention to, you know, the chores you have to do at home. You have to pay attention to external life. And so they eventually let go of that connection until later on in their lives. So so the desire to get rid of peace really is this, as you mentioned, um, Maybe. A what? A choice between ego and peace. And peace. Yeah. And peace is, you know, when you talk about the peace beyond all understanding, unconditional love, ever new joy, the truth, those are all synonyms for God, you know. So it's like, the, it's, again, it's the ego versus God, the death march versus eternal life. And but you mentioned the word conflict when you first talked about this obstacle as being a choice between conflict and peace, which fundamentally it is. But why would we, why would we 
be putting ourselves in conflict? Or how are we doing that? How is our ego putting ourselves in conflict immediately well, with you, God? Well, if you have the if you have the narcissistic, you know, egotistic point of view that it's you and the rest of the world, then then everything is. Um, you know, it's like you versus the rest of the world. Judgment. Judgment, yeah. Okay, judgment. Yeah. So you're always judging what's right or what's now, wrong. Now, why, why is it that that's automatic for us? And see, that that is part of the ego. Okay? Well, it's, you know, you're trying to see... Which animal, You're trying you know, to survive. Yeah, which animal to hunt, which animal to run away from, which fruit to pick when it's ripe, and where to, where to have shelter so you don't It's get, called the bicameral mind. Yeah, you don't want to get flooded out when it rains. Right. It's either or, yes or no, that, good or bad. Is that tribe friendly? <laughs> is that tribe next down? Next? So that's the part of us that keeps us in conflict. Yeah. So we have to consciously choose peace. Because the world promotes conflict. And we could spend a whole lot of time on just that obstacle. But let's move on to obstacle number two. Okay. So obstacle number two is the um, belief that what the, the body has to offer is valuable. And um, so that's, um, you could say that's, you know, like there's pain and pleasure. The body, you, you can experience pain and pleasure through the body. So the, the the easy way to remember this second obstacle is it's like pain versus peace. Because you can go beyond, you know, all the dualities to peace, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, beyond the pain and pleasure and right and left and good and bad to peace. Now, the, the thing I want uh, our listeners to hear is the belief in pain. In the first one, it was the belief in ego and conflict. Right. Okay? So... <laughs> and part of it, this, the, the ego... The belief in the body, we're focused on the belief in the body. Now, why do we believe the body as opposed to maybe what the voice of God is telling us? Because we identify, we think we're a body, and really... We're made in the image and likeness of God. God has no form and no name, so we are really spirit. Who we really are is spirit, eternal spirit. And the body is dust to dust. You know, it's born and it dies. And I think part of it, too, is the fact that we made the body at the same time that we're making the ego. You know, we're developing, yeah. we're developing the body and... Our perspective, which is the ego perspective, pretty much, in order to survive in the world. And so that's why we value the body to begin with. And plus there's a belief, the ego believes that we are sinful and we deserve punishment, which includes pain, sickness, aging, and death. You know, that's the ego's right, operating right. system. So the choice here again is? Pain versus peace when you believe in the body. When you, okay. You, you know, you, okay. Uh, so the third obstacle? The third obstacle is the attraction to death. Okay, folks. <laughs> this is, you know, we started off our, our uh, podcast with this whole idea that we're either marching to death or we're marching to eternal life. 
So what is the attraction to death? Well, you think that I'm in pain. It's tied, no, it's still tied up with this bicameral mind, at least for me. Okay. What do you think is attracting to death? Why are people attracted to death? Because the body, they see people dying. Okay? The body dies. So that's just part of life. And they're unconsciously, like a robot, mesmerized, hypnotized on this march toward death. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. There's no more pain in taxes, you know. With death. The, yeah, with death. That's the attraction. That could be. Yeah, so... So the choice here is between death and eternal life. Right. The pe- people think that a death is like you're going to sleep and that's it. There's no more pain. But you, you can't... The spirit in you is eternal, so that it doesn't happen like that. Committing suicide doesn't work. I... I'm still reading x-rays. I saw somebody last night, a 15-year-old, that tried to blow their brains out. And they they failed, so they're just going to be all disabled. You know, they're probably going to live. But, that you know, it doesn't... You can't escape your pain and everything by killing yourself because you're not your body. And so you have to... This is... A, you might as well head towards what God has to offer because that's who you really are. There's all that only all that really exists is God. And that brings us to number four. Okay, the that, fourth obstacle is the fourth obstacle is the fear of God. Which means you're afraid of love, you're afraid of peace, you're afraid of eternal life. You're afraid yeah. afraid of life. Yeah, you're afraid of life. You personally, how much of your life have you spent in fear? About ninety nine percent of it, okay. pretty much. Except when I'm out, was out in nature, and you know. And status. don't you think <laughs> that the, uh, is isn't that the saddest part that what? we see that you know those of us that can perceive that all of this angry, distorted behavior really is coming from a place of fear, fear of something. Right. I think we escape. I was able to escape through sublimation by exercising and doing things that are socially acceptable, exercising, studying, being out in nature. And I I wasn't really afraid out in nature and stuff. But then um, other times I would be afraid of people. I don't know know why I learned how to do that, you know. And I wasn't really choosing God or trusting God. I was trying. My ego was afraid of you know, what all the things you can be afraid of, you know, being hurt and whatever. And uh, So the fourth obstacle is choosing fear or love. Right. Ego. Fear or peace. Yeah, or ego versus Fear love. or wholeness. Right. Because from, especially for most people, I think that they, that we dip in and out of a, a sense of fear. For most people, I don't think it's a pervasive, you know, it may be that, you know, people fearing for their life when they, when they um, are, are believing that they are the body. And so that fear that somebody else can harm them and so on and so forth. So, Let's sum up 
let's sum up the the four obstacles. They're basically if you if you're able to recognize the choices and the levels of choices involved here and you consistently make the choice for peace, then you're going to move towards eternal life. Would you agree with that? Right. And Jesus says in there, when you walk in peace, most of your problems disappear. You put everything in God's hand, the Holy Spirit's hand, and you're not attracting all the conflict. The fear just attracts what you're afraid of. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, so again... Let's recap. The, the, the choice in step one, shall we call it? Yeah, the, the first obstacle or choice point is um, the desire to eliminate peace, which is sort of um, conflict versus peace. So we recommend you choose peace. Yeah. Most, most of us want peace. We don't want conflict. It raises our blood pressure. We, you know, we get as upset as the other person. So if we can nip the conflict conflict in the bud, so to speak, by choosing at that instant, instead of conflict, I want peace. And you talk to the Holy and Spirit. You so ask, yeah. And you ask, how do I get to peace here? You'll get the answer. Right. And the second? The second one is the... Um, Believing the body has something desirable, and so that's valuable. Sort of valuable. Uh-huh. So that's sort of pain versus peace because the body has pain. That you know? pain pleasure yeah, thing going yeah. on. Okay. And the third one's the attraction to death versus peace. And so, since you're a spirit, since you're spirit, you're not really physically your spirit. That you know, killing the body is doesn't. Put you to sleep forever. It doesn't really bring you peace. You know, if you're wanting peace, you have to turn towards the truth of what peace is, not away from life. The real peace and freedom. You know, the truth will set you free. That's the peace. It's it's not found in the physical death at all. Jesus says repeatedly in a course in miracles that the body is simply a communication device. That is used by the Holy Spirit. And if you turn the up, if you turn your communication device over to God, it doesn't really, it won't need any, much maintenance. You know, it's not going to age and get sick and everything. Okay, and obstacle number four. Obstacle number four is a fear of God, and so that's. What is what is really that fear about, though? It could be maybe you believe God's punishing God or you believe that God's going to tell you to go sell your house and be a missionary overseas and you don't want to do that. You know, that's going to tell you something you don't want to do. Oh, if you could be a fly on the wall, the number of screaming discussions I've had with God about him forcing me. (laughs) Forcing me. It It took three years to convince me to even consider getting married again. You know, once was enough for me. Well, you usually you find out later why you're guided to do something, even though you don't understand it, you don't agree with it, but in hindsight, you say, oh, that's the way it was. And, and when you learn to trust the Holy Spirit, when you learn to trust the voice of God, then it's automatic. Right. When you know that God's got your back at every move, it's that's the truth. Then 
the choice between between loving God, the choice between fear and peace becomes automatic. And we, I know, you know, we don't have time to talk about it, but in my life and Renee's life and our life together here, there's whenever, you know, I've aligned with God and not knowing why, but just one step at a time. And then he tells, then I get the next step and the next step and the next step. I see maybe a dozen little miracles happen all in the same day and problems I thought were insolvable. The solution shows up and it's all smooth. It's all under God's timing. It's amazing. All the, little, all the little miracles end up being a big miracle. And, of course, a miracle calls that being under no laws but God's laws. And once you know you're there, you also recognize that God's will is your will. You recognize that you are one with everyone on the planet. Yeah. That you are one with the sonship, you just, you know, it's, yeah. it's, and that is the place. Once you know you're there, home. And there's no judgment. And there's, yeah, there, there's there, nothing to forgive because there's no judgment. Here. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, well, we want to thank you for being here today with Reverend Dr. Autumn Renee Allen and a Reverend Michael Scott Allen, M.D. Um, we invite you to subscribe to this podcast channel, or if you have uh, gone to our website and are listening to our podcast on allianceofdivinelife.com, uh, we welcome you to be part of our community. So with that, again, blessings. Have a great week. And we'll see you next time.